If you would, go ahead and open up your Bibles to 2 Corinthians, chapter 11. Now, Paul had been looking at the apostolic calling, his apostolic ministry. Tonight, Paul, what we're going to look at tonight is where Paul starts to look at his sufferings, uh, the things that he had been facing, and Paul starts to talk about how he's going to boast about this. But it's really not, you know, even, even in his boasting, we see his humility. Because he's using his boasting as a teaching experience. So he's not really being prideful when he does this. So what he is doing, though, is we're going to see a comparison in these verses. Um, and it's a comparison between Paul and false teachers that had been afflicting the church at Corinth. So he's comparing himself to these false teachers. And there are several things that we can pick up in these verses. So look at 2 Corinthians chapter 11, and we're going to be looking at verses 16 through 33. We'll go right through the end of chapter 11, 16 through 33. It says, I say again, let no man think that I am foolish, or else take me even as a fool, that I may that I also may boast myself a little. That I speak, I speak it not after the Lord, but as it were foolishly, in this my great boasting. Seeing that many rejoice after the flesh, I will rejoice also. For ye suffer fools gladly, because they are wise, or because ye are wise. For ye suffer even if a man bring you into bondage, if a man devour you, if a man take your goods, if a man exalt himself, if a man smite you on the face. I speak as concerning the reproach, as though that we had been weak, but wherein any man is bold, I speak foolishly, I am bold also. They are Hebrews, so am I. They are Israelites, so am I. They are the seed of Abraham, so am I. They are the ministers of Christ, I speak as a fool. I am more in labors, more abundant. In stripes above measure, in prison more plenteously, in death oft. Of the Jews, five times received by forty stripes, save one. I was thrice beaten with rods, I was once stoned, I suffered thrice shipwreck. Night and day have I been in the deep sea, and journeying I was often in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of mine own nation, in perils among the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren. In weariness and painfulness and watching often, and hunger and thirst and fastings often, in cold and in nakedness, beside the things which are outward, I am cumbered daily, and have the care of all the churches. Who is weak, and I am not weak? Who is offended, and I burn not? If I must needs rejoice, I will rejoice of my infirmities. The God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is blessed forevermore, knoweth that I lie not. In Damascus, the governor of the people under King Aretas laid watch in the city of the Damascenes and would have caught me. 
but at a window was I let down in a basket through the wall and escaped his hands. Okay, so Paul, in these verses, he is comparing himself to these false teachers. So what he does is he starts to say that he is boasting. And we see this in, in his first area of boasting in verses 16 through 19. Now, when we look at boasting, is boasting a good thing or a bad thing? Normally. Most of the time it's a bad thing. Yeah, normally it's a bad thing. When we think about boasting, we think about someone lifted up in pride and boasting in pride. So what Paul does here, if you look, Paul actually is apologizing. In verses 16 through 19, he's apologizing for boasting or about to start boasting. And when you really look at his boasting here, it's not really prideful. Um, you know, we can look at it another way. You know, we know that that the Lord does not want us to be lifted up in pride. He does not want us to boast. But Paul's boasting here, if you look at verses 16 through 19, his boasting was for the, pur for the purpose of teaching. So he's not being prideful. He's wanting to teach the Corinthian church. And that's why we, we look at these. He says, let no man think I am foolish, or else take me even as a fool, that I may, that I also may boast myself a little. So, you know, the first thing he's saying is, don't think that I'm foolish in doing this. And then, if you look at what he says after that, that I speak, I speak it not after the Lord. So he's saying, you know, the Lord doesn't want us to boast. So this is not speaking after what God wants me to do because the Lord doesn't really want us to boast. But at the same time, if you look at his boasting, he's not really prideful here. Basically, he's comparing himself to the false teachers that were afflicting this church. So even in his boasting, he's not really lifted up in pride. He's just comparing himself to these people. And we'll see why the comparison is necessary. Um, but look at what he says. He says, seeing that many rejoice after the flesh, I will rejoice also. Basically saying, okay, people rejoice after the flesh, which we normally consider sinful. He said, I'm going to rejoice after the flesh also. But when he's rejoicing after the flesh and he's boasting, what's he start talking about? Everything that's happened to him. He's not really rejoicing after the flesh here. He's saying, you know, I was beaten by the Jews. I was beaten by the Romans. I was shipwrecked. I was stoned. That's not really anything rejoiceful or to rejoice about other than the fact that he faced this for Christ. He could rejoice in that. But he's talking about how he was beaten. So... What he wants them to do 
is as he is boasting to them, he wants them to suffer or bear with him. That's why we see he says in verse 20 or verse 19, you know, you suffer fools gladly because they because you are wise. Basically, he's saying because, you know, because you're wise and you can pick up foolish talk, you you permit it. He's saying so, you know, permit my foolish talk is what he's saying here. But then look at what he starts to do here in verse 20. Oh, well, before we go on, is there any questions over verses 16 through 19? It's just where he's talking about his boasting. But we really, what we're really going to see is, is his boasting is really not prideful. He's comparing himself to the false teachers. Now look at verse 20. This is where he starts to really talk about the false teachers. Now this is what the false teachers had been doing in this church. He says, okay, you suffer fools gladly because you're wise. Well, in a sense, he's being sort of sarcastic in that verse because when you look at verse 20, they had not really been wise because he says, for you suffer or you're patient even if a man bring you into bondage. Well, the false teachings were bringing them into bondage. Now, what was the false teaching? What we're going to see when you look over at verse 22, he says, they are Hebrews. What was the big thing the Hebrew Christians were trying to do to the Gentiles? Make them keep the law. Saying that they had to follow the dietary standards, that they had to follow the clothing standards, that they had to do everything that was ascribed in the law. He's saying, so, you know, you're suffering these people and they're bringing you into bondage. You know, they're not looking at what the Jewish leadership of the church in Jerusalem had written, which we see in Acts 15, where in Acts 15 it said the Gentiles only had to do a couple of things, you know, not to eat meat sacrificed to idols, not to eat meat with the blood still in it. <clears throat> So, you know, he's pointing that out. He's saying they're bringing you into the bondage of basically they're bringing you into the bondage of the law. And then he says, if a man devour you, if a man take your goods, they were going in there and they were, they were sitting there taking their money. Now, what was something Paul pointed out before? And we looked at it last week. Had Paul taken any money from the Corinthian church? No. But these false teachers had come in there and they started to pretty much devour the church. They were taking all the money. He says, but you're suffering these people bring you into bondage. You're suffering these people pretty much to take all your money to devour you and take your goods. 
And then they're sitting there exalting themselves. He says if a man exalt himself, they were exalting themselves and, and saying they were better than the, the Gentile Christians. They were claiming apostolic authority, but they weren't apostles. And then if a man smite you on the face, they were even hitting the people. And saying it was for their spiritual good, pretty much. So they were treating the these Gentile Christians badly, and these Gentiles were just letting it happen. So they had exalted themselves, and they had begun to be violent while claiming apostolic authority. But here's something we need to, to look at. Why would these Roman, pretty much Greek Roman Christians allow this to take place? Why would they allow these people to come in there who were Hebrews, exalt themselves, take all their money, hit them, smite them in the face, and put them into the bondage of the law. Why would these Gentile, why would these Roman Greeks do this? What was one thing about Rome? What did the Romans respect? And what do we know about the Romans? The Romans respected power. They respected wealth, and they were very violent. So when these people came in there and started to exalt themselves and do all of these different things, taking the money, saying that they were in authority, and then hitting the people when they didn't listen to them, the Corinthian church respected that. They respected them because look at what verse 21 says. I speak as concerning the reproach as though that we had been weak, but wherein any man is bold, I speak foolishly, I'm bold also. So the Corinthians thought Paul was weak because Paul was humble when he was there. Paul wasn't lifted up in pride. Paul wouldn't accept money from the church. He worked with his own hands and then he let these other churches support him. So the Corinthians, these Gentiles, looked at that and said, well, he's weak, he's nothing. But here we have these people over here that are asserting their authority. So they followed the false teachers. So what Paul is saying here is, is, you know, you know, you you think that I'm weak, and you there was a reproach for that, and you started following these false teachers. But now I'm going to start boasting, and I'm going to show you how weak I really am. And that's why he starts to list everything he's went through. Whereas these false teachers, they wouldn't go through anything like that. So who was really weak, and who was really strong? Paul points out that he's the strong one even though he didn't boast about it. So he begins by, to boast by comparing himself 
to these false teachers, but if you look, there's really no comparison because Paul is a true apostle and these other people were false. They were false teachers. So let's look at the comparison. We'll see that in verses 22 through 33. The first was Paul says, I'm also a Hebrew. So these false teachers came in there and said, you know, we're Hebrews, we're Israelites, we're of the seed of Abraham. Christ was a Hebrew. You need to listen to us. So Paul points out, I'm also a Hebrew. I'm also an Israelite. I'm also of the seed of Abraham. Then they said, we're ministers of Christ. He said, they are the ministers of Christ. But then look what he says. I speak as a fool. They really wasn't ministers. They were false prophets. They were false teachers. But he said, they said we're ministers of Christ. But then look at what he says. He says, I am more. Basically, they might say they're ministers, but I'm a true minister of Christ. I am more. Now, why would Paul be more? Well, suffered for Christ. he, he had suffered for Christ more. <laughs> he had suffered for Christ more. He had started more churches. Yeah. He wasn't trying to destroy the church like these false teachers. And Paul was an apostle. Right. <clears throat> so he was more of a minister than these people. Paul could claim apostolic authority where these people could not. Paul could claim... Well, I met Christ on the road to Damascus and then I was taught by him for three and a half years in the wilderness. As he tells the Galatians. So, Paul was an apostle. He had been called to be a minister of, of Christ by Christ himself. Paul, Paul was called by Jesus himself to be a minister on the road to Damascus. And... He had suffered for Christ while these false teachers had not. So that's why he says, you know, in, you know I'm, I'm a minister. And then he says, I am more. And then he starts to say how he's in more. In labors, more abundant. He had worked harder than these false teachers. He had been going around on the missionary journeys. These people hadn't. In stripes, above measure, he had been beaten more. In prison, more plenteously, he had been thrown into prison more than these people. And then in death, oft. Not death as in being killed, pretty much under the penalty of death. Basically, people were trying to kill him. Yeah. And then he says... Of the Jews five times. So think about this. Five times received I 40 stripes save one. So basically five times he had been beaten 39 times with a whip. Now generally what would happen is, is they would pretty much you were sentenced to 40 stripes. 
you were to be hit 40 times. But what they would do as an act of mercy, they would save one stripe in case they lost count. They didn't want to go over the 40. Because if they went over the 40, the person that was doing the beating would get in trouble, and then they would get beaten. So generally, they would only hit about 39 times to make sure that they had not miscounted. So he had been beaten like this for five times. That was the Jews. Then look at what he says. I was thrice beaten with rods. That's a Roman penalty, beating with rods. And what they would, what the Romans would do is they would generally use like cane, wet cane, and hit you with it. And it actually would cut deeper than a whip. And because that cane would be sharp where they had sliced it. So he had been beaten three times that way. Then he says, I was once stoned, and we read about that in the book of Acts. We also read about one of the beatings that he had with rods in the book of Acts. I suffered thrice shipwreck, so we only know about one shipwreck in the book of Acts, but he had been shipwrecked three times. Then he says, night and day have I been in the deep sea, so he was in the water pretty much for 24 hours waiting on somebody to rescue him. In journeying, I was often in perils of water, basically in peril of a shipwreck, in perils of robbers, so going to and fro these different cities, there was always bandits waiting to rob you if you went the wrong way. In perils of my own nation, the Jews were trying to kill him. In perils among the Gentiles, there were Romans that were trying to kill him. We saw that in Ephesus whenever, you know, in the book of Acts, whenever he, you know, was saying that, you know, talking about the, the idol, Diana idol and stuff, and they started getting into a big uproar. These Gentiles wanted to kill him. In perils in the city, so when he was in any city, he was in peril. In perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, so even the false teachers were trying to kill him. Besides the things which are outward, I am cumbered daily and have the care of all churches. So basically saying not only is this going on where I'm under constant fear of being killed or I've been shipwrecked or beaten or whatever, he's saying not only do I have these physical things going on, he says I have the care of all the churches. So basically I have this physical burden, but I also have this great spiritual burden where I'm trying to keep these churches going and on the right path. So he was burdened both ways, physically and spiritually. Whereas if you think about the false teachers, they wasn't burdened in any way. They didn't care. <clears throat> and this is why he says, who is weak? Am I weak or are these people weak? 
Who is weak? And I am not weak. Who is offended? And I burn not. If I must needs rejoice, I rejoice of mine affirmity. So he's saying, you know, when I'm boasting here, I'm going to boast about what I've, what I've accomplished and what's happened to me. If I rejoice in anything, I'm going to rejoice that this has happened to me for the cause of Christ, whereas these people can't rejoice in anything because they're false. And then he says, The God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is blessed forevermore, knoweth that I lie not. Whereas people might say that he's lying, he's saying, God knows I'm not lying. That's right. Only one that counted. Only one that counted. And then he mentions verse 32 and 33, some other things that had happened to him. In Damascus, the governor of the people under King Aratus laid watch in the city of the Damascenes and would have caught me, but at a window was I let down in a basket through the wall and escaped his hands. And we, we can read about that in Acts, where they lowered him, lowered him down in the basket. But this is what he's talking about here. Whereas what you had is, is these false teachers that were going into the church there at Corneth, they were, they were saying that Paul was weak. Even the Corinthians thought Paul was weak because Paul really, you know, if you think about it, Paul had been beaten so many times, you know, he pretty much, you would, you would think he was getting around pretty slow because so much had happened to him. And we see from, a, from some of his letters that he couldn't see very well because he had been beaten so much. <laughs> It had affected his eyesight. Oh, his whole body had to have been yeah. And and they thought Paul was weak for this. And the Corinthians, because they were Greek Roman, they looked at power. You know, they would think, well, here's this frail man, this little old man coming in here who's very frail. He's weak. We're not going to listen to him. We're going to listen to these strong Jews over here who, if we do something wrong, they're going to slap us in the face. And that's what they were doing. But Paul points out, who's really weak? Am I the one that's weak? No, because look at what everything's happened to me. Why do I look frail? Because of this. I was stoned. I've been beaten. I've been whipped. I'm not weak. But I'm also the apostle, and these people are false teachers. And another way you can look at this is, if you think about it, the false teachers, nothing was happening to them, but who were they really working for? Satan. Satan. Satan's going to take care of his own. Whereas Paul, he's going to try to make sure Paul gets killed, and he's going to fight against Paul, and that's what we see. Here. So Paul, pretty much to, to boast, he boasts in what has happened to him, but it's more, instead of boasting, it's pretty much he's pointing out the difference between him and the false teachers and how you can tell them apart. Any questions on that? It's a lot of it all in one passage. 
And and you know, and and if you think about it, the book of Acts doesn't tell everything that happened to Paul. And here's why. Luke didn't really catch up to Paul until later on in Paul's missionary journeys. So a lot of the stuff that had happened to Paul, Luke didn't know about. He just wrote about some of the stuff that Paul had told him and then the things that he was seeing as he journeyed with Paul. So when, where he says, you know, I was beaten with rods, we know about one instance at Philippi when he says, I received 40 stripes, save one, five times. We never even see that in the book of Acts. And then where he talks about being shipwrecked three times, we don't see that in the book of Acts. We only see one. So, you know, and, and the reason is, is because at when Luke was writing Acts, during those other instances, he wasn't with Paul. Right. Well, apparently Paul didn't boast when he was with Luke. I mean, he did here, but he didn't, you know, yeah. he, uh, uh, boast to, to Luke. To, but now Luke was a, a fellow Christian, too, you know. Mm-hmm. And and Luke, what we can see is Luke knew about some of it, yeah, but not all of it. No, but he, I mean, that's what I'm saying. So he didn't he didn't boast to, to Luke like he did these people. Yeah, because Luke was a, a fellow Christian and he knew it. He knew he didn't have to boast. Or yeah, he let his life. Well, Luke Luke actually was traveling around with Paul. Right, that's what I'm saying. So he was seeing what was happening. He was seeing what was happening. No, no, it probably isn't everything. Well, and and that's the thing, you know, if you if you think about the early church and the persecution the early church went through, we are spoiled, especially in this country. And we're just now beginning to see the beginning of persecution right. taking place against the church in this country. It's going to get a lot worse. Oh, yeah. yeah. And and we can see because Everything that happens in Great Britain and Canada and Australia will eventually happen here. And look at what's going on in Australia. They're throwing people in jail because, for, because of COVID restrictions. Uh, Canada arresting that preacher when he got off an airplane just because he had a service in his church and been harassing him. And then here... California doing the same thing and then here they actually arrested a little girl at a school because she didn't have a mask on they arrested her for trespassing she's a straight-a student and they arrested her and then the next day the school board lifted the mask mandate but she still got arrested it's like okay if you're gonna lift it this day why did you arrest her this day the day before it's crazy I don't know how many years ago, four or five, or maybe a little bit longer, when uh, in one of our in one of our states, I don't remember which one it was, but this woman had prior with her daughter on the sidewalk, and they put the mother in uh, jail because she some ordinance or whatever she wasn't allowed to pray on the sidewalk. I think that was 
Vermont or Maine yeah, or someplace it, like uh, that. They, they put her deal because she had parroted her daughter on Saturday. So it's been going on for a while. It just keep getting worse. Yeah, it's just going to keep getting worse. Yeah, and that's what's happening. The little rug in the trailer area. Mm hmm. Yeah. Well, but you, you have to think about something. The name of Christ is the most hated name in the world. That's right. He said it would be. He said they'll hate you because they hated me first. Mm -hmm. And his name is the most hated name because he's the son of God. Yeah. And he's the only way to salvation. Like I said, Satan takes care of his own. He takes but care this, of his own. This is his domain mm -hmm. here. And as the Bible says, he has great wrath because of that. Because he knows his time's running out. Any more comments or questions? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, we just thank you for this day that you provided. We thank you, Lord, for this study and the example that we have of Paul. And Lord, I just pray that we would take what we learned tonight and help us to apply it to our daily walk. Help us, Lord, just to seek your will and way in our life. We just ask this in your Son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.